Welcome to my Leap of Faith podcast. I'm going to take you on my journey of living a life that felt completely inauthentic and unfulfilling to discovering myself through the help of healers, crystals, psychedelics, plant medicines, and learning to trust my own intuition. I'm continuing to let go and leap every day to find deeper clarity into my own gifts and what my soul's purpose is in this lifetime, and I want to bring you along for the ride. She told me as I woke from walking asleep Below it at night she saw your feet A heavier feet stand deeper Deeper than you know Farther than you go this wild mother Hello everyone, welcome back I'm so happy to be here and I'm going to be sharing a very vulnerable part of myself today because I think it's needed and a lot has happened over the last week and I, in honor of this journey, I feel that I kind of agreed to share all of it and that means the ups and the downs and the the struggles and all of it because it's all real and I believe that I'm supposed to share it because it's all to remind you that you're not alone. So as you guys know, we just finished the solar eclipse. Um, It was on December 4th where I am in California. And if you guys listen to the episode that I did about uh, eclipses and harnessing their energy, you know that this one was a powerful one for me. The energy fell on the on 12 degrees in Sagittarius, which is where my sun and Neptune are in the third house. And it was also landing on my exact solar return. So, um, it was a big one <laughs> and I knew it was coming and there were signs coming up to it that I knew there was a death that was coming and a, and a rebirth. And every time I, I, I feel that, and I think I've talked about this before, I don't get afraid because I know that there's something ready to be rebirthed and brought to light. And so even though it was unknown to me going into that weekend, things started to present themselves that I knew because going into ceremony with Aya, she starts working on you pretty much when you decide and step forward into a date of when you you plan to meet again. And so our job is to just pay attention to the signs. So I had been receiving some signs, especially the last week up into ceremony. And I... I, I'm looking back at that time and I'm thinking there were a lot of things that I didn't know the answers to. And I remember being like, I don't know. If I don't know, I don't know. And I will, I've always been straight up and fine saying that. But I remember going into ceremony with some pretty heavy stuff on my heart, and um, it had to do with the energy tribe and holding space with the energy tribe and also allowing denser energies in and and navigating that I guess is the best way to think about what does that mean how do we how do we do that because again that part of myself even just a week ago didn't know I I had like um intuitions about what was happening my intuition at that time was 
there was leakage happening in the group, meaning that we are only as strong as our weakest. Uh, and I like that's a judgment, so I don't like saying weakest, but we can only hold and support what we are. So when each person isn't at that same level of uh, centeredness, let's say, then the others take up the space and hold it, uh, hold their light higher or stronger, brighter, let's say. And what I had felt is there was a lot of leakage. And again, in saying that, it wasn't that the people that have the leakage knew they had it and they're not in any way participating in, you know, trying to siphon energy from this group, but I knew something was going on there and it didn't feel good. And I, I remember feeling like, okay, you know, if this is coming up, it's meaning that there's something for me to look at and what's happening. So when I went into, uh, this solar eclipse, I had my first night with Aya, my intention was, I intend for all of my other selves to come along on this journey for, uh, so that they get the light as well, so that they come to the light as well. Now, this quote actually came from a book that I'm currently reading called Bringers of the Dawn, and it was written or channeled back in the 90s, but so much of it, I think I'm like halfway through, it still rings true today because the messages are the same. We have to bring all of ourselves on this journey. We cannot leave behind any pieces of ourselves because our whole our whole body feels like it needs to be integrated and brought forward. It's not like, I'm going to leave that wounded child back because I don't need her anymore. No, it all has to come. So what what felt like was coming up was that I needed to pull all of myself together and bring them into the light in this journey moving forward. So going into ceremony, that would have been December 3rd, so the night of December 3rd. Um, uh, and actually, let me say, the solar eclipse happened here at around midnight on December 3rd. So I knew going into that first ceremony, that was going to be the eclipse and also my solar return. So I'm expecting like a huge breaking open and and a huge, uh, I don't know, right? <laughs> So there I am in ceremony and nothing, I got nothing uh, throughout the whole ceremony. And this is actually, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but for me going into um, ceremony with ayahuasca, most of the time I don't journey during the ceremony. Um, There've been many reasons why myself and my shaman thought this was happening. Um, The first is that I wasn't releasing, I wasn't letting go because I was holding back something. Then it was, I'm inviting people to ceremony that I feel I need to hold space and be conscious for their journey. And then that was the last ceremonies that I went to. That was what the shaman had thought I was doing because I journey every time, but I don't journey until everyone else is done with their journey or or ceremony closes. So going into this night, um, she actually gave me an activator of just the ayahuasca vine before ceremony started about an hour before because she thought that it would help to activate the, the medicine as soon as I took it. Well, that didn't work. I sat there through the whole ceremony and in her ceremonies that's pitch black and she's singing the whole time, the Icaros. So it's an amazing experience. And never do I feel like, man, why am I not going into it? Because I can see energy. So I see what's happening in the room and I feel it and I am 
I, I love the songs that she sings. She's got an amazing voice and you just feel like you're in the space of something great. So never do I feel like I'm at a, you know, a disadvantage or that I'm mad about it or frustrated about it. But um, that first night, I think we were um, really probably a half an hour from the end of ceremony. And the ceremonies last between five and six hours. So uh, I had gotten the hit and the visual that she, our shaman was creating a honeycomb structure over all of us and almost like a bubble of honeycomb structure that was holding the energy of the room, which I've known that she creates the energy with her Icaros and I can see it because I see them building as the time goes on. But in this first night, they show me I wouldn't journey until the honeycomb was complete. So I just waited and I just allowed and flowed and, you know, and, and being present for what's happening in the space. And um, then I, the first thing that happened was they showed me that when I'm thinking or asking a question, because in this case, a lot of the times with my conversations with ayahuasca, there's a dialogue. And even though I'm having like in my mind asking the question, the answers come back in visuals and in um, downloads. And But it's never a yes or no answer back. It's always like a process of things coming back. And I asked, or I was asking something and they notice that I'm holding my breath as I am communicating. And so they showed me like, you can't do that anymore. You cannot hold that breath as you speak because you stop the energy. So as you are exhaling a, a question or a, an idea, you don't carry the breath of life with it. So then they worked a lot with me to understand, bring the breath down, bring it all the way down into your body before you bring forward an idea or a question. And this, this theme was coming up all night. <laughs> like they would keep stopping me and just breathe, just breathe. Like the energies of this night were so intense. And, and um, the next morning in the circle, I said, of all my journeys, this was the most intense. Like it was such high energy. And I almost like, imagine if there's so much so much information coming at once, you can't even catch your breath because you're just like, <laughs> and just taking it in, taking it in. And so that's why they kept stopping me. Just breathe, just breathe. That's all you need to do is breathe it down to your root and hold it and then let it go and let the next concept come in. So um, then there was this idea. So at this point, again, I'm. it's almost near the end of the ceremony. So now I'm in the medicine and I'm realizing that they're just slowing me down, slowing, like trying from to kind of um, prepare me for what's to come. And just breathing. And I remember just <laughs> like just breathing. And then the they showed me like, how much light can you hold in your heart? And I remember feeling like, I mean, this lesson has been coming up for me pretty much every ceremony I have is they show me that the the sun is the center of the heart and how much can I hold? And basically they wanted me to look at it like you're idea of holding or the idea of holding the sun in the heart space is not something that you just happens overnight and then you can do it. So they said, this is a training exercise. This is something that you need to think about every day 
and see how long you can hold it there for. And they said, it's almost like you're starting to train for the Olympics. And and there is, um, again, nothing, no judgment on where you are and how much you can hold, but just start imagining holding that space or holding that frequency in your heart and radiating it outwards is not, is going to be, uh, a training to do so. We're not going to just like, people keep talking about the solar flare and, um, I am being shown that we are not going to just because we're of a higher vibration be okay with it. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be that just breathe, just allow it in, just go back to your center and hold it. So in this time working up to whatever is going to happen, it's this training idea of how much can you hold. And if it's only for 30 seconds right now, that's okay. That's today. Try again tomorrow and each day expanding that heart space wider and wider to see how much more you can hold. And then they were like, okay, now breathe. (laughs) So after each concept, it was just breathe it down. And at this point, um, the ceremony had ended and one of the girls in the ceremony said, what time is it? Is it the eclipse yet? And I asked the shaman, what time is it? And she said, does it matter? And then the other one said, we can see that we can feel the energy anyway. And so in that, for some reason, that her saying that resonated with me. So then I started to work with the eclipse energy and just started feeling the energy. And for me, what came through is a masculine energy, which I it's weird because I am Sagittarius and I have a lot of planets in Sagittarius, which is a very masculine fire energy, but I also am very feminine and I have in a way pushed that masculine side away, like meaning in the sense of I don't want to be a leader. I don't want to be the one in control. I don't like that structure and it makes me really uncomfortable, but they showed me my masculine side and and that I need to integrate it and I need to be okay with that energy in my body. So they were just saying like, what does it feel like? Can you feel it? And it felt like almost like a superhero energy inside, which I, again, I'm very emotional, kind of watery and very fluid. And this did not feel that. It was very fire and very... Uh, able to speak from a clear space and very direct knowing versus like, well, I don't know. And I cannot give what I don't know. Um, They show me that I'm going to have to start embracing this part of myself, which at the time, again, I didn't know what that meant, but I was like, all right, good. Okay. Um, Then they showed me uh, that me my vessel in this time space reality is a translator for energy in all the ways. And that's why I'm so open. So once the energy, once I understand the energy, then I'm supposed to translate it through my vibration. And this is not the truth. This is just a vibration of energy, right? So energy is all around us. And I believe personally that we all can tune into it and express it through ourselves. And I've talked about this can be through dancing, art, speaking, writing. There are so many ways to translate energy. But 
when you are tapped into the energy, you become a translator of energy. Um, in the ceremonies, so I can also see it and I can work with it in a different way. And it's like the boundaries between this vessel and energy are way thinner, so it feels more fluid. And so they showed that not only with my uh, like getting the downloads, but also feeling into things, I need to start really trusting that that vision of the of whatever it is and being I, I mean, I guess I would say I feel safe translating it here through this podcast and through YouTube. But I think I've talked about this and a lot of times I don't share until I really, truly understand what I'm sharing, uh, because I if you are a translator, even if I think about this in terms of languages, one flip of words or one misunderstanding of a phrase can change the whole meaning of something. And so I take it very seriously. <laughs> um, I guess this is my Capricorn moon that I want it to be as clear as possible. Um, and they showed that this is why I'm here. So I need to just allow and stop holding holding back a lot of that um, process, which, you know, is, a, is something I needed to, to, to see and to, to understand in my own self. So then um, we got into a lot of other things, a lot about Richard and what's going on in his life. Um, and then I asked about how when I work with someone's energy, what happens? That was the thought question that I had. And they went into it felt like an hour long explanation on what is happening behind the scenes. And I'm gonna because it's important, I am going to do I think next week an episode about what happens when an energy healer is working with your energy. Um, so I'm going to save that for next week. But what I want to kind of convey here is that when how we speak to each other, we keep things very on a two, a three-dimensional place. Like we can only go so deep into any subject, but when you can open up, like imagine you have every computer system and every encyclopedia and every resource at your disposal, because they do, they're just trying to help you to understand some, a concept in a, in a rounded way so that you can just, it, it's almost like a pop. Like it's like a, Ah, and then there's no questions because you got you see it from every single angle and there is no okay but what happens here and what ha it's more like okay this is the idea that you want to learn more about let's show you the whole picture of the idea so in between those it was like just breathe just breathe it down <laughs> and um, so this was going on, like I said, ceremony was already closed. So everyone was, you know, in their own space, head spaces. And I don't think a lot of people slept that night, but everyone's laying down on their mats. And um, it, the room was very quiet. And I noticed a sound. And um, the sound felt like, imagine if you're cooking or boiling eggs on the stove and, and they're simmering, that kind of as the eggs hit the pan and that kind of simmering um, temperature. And for some reason, I decided to go down that thread. <laughs> and I think it's an important thread, so I'm going to speak about it. Because up until this point, there were messages that came through that things are going to be changing um, I don't know how it felt like this for me, it felt like two years from now, 
So I don't know why I'm saying that. I don't know because they were showing me it in relation to Richard and his work and why he's here. And the way it looked is that his next um, his next job is going to last for around two years and it's preparing him for the next thing that he's going to be doing in the future. So that's why I'm saying it felt like a two-year space. Um, but they were showing me that the structures that we currently have are starting to break down. And and they showed it through this the sense of hospitals and in Richard's cases, uh, animal hospitals, and that he in particular needs to learn how to he loves working emergency. I, I don't know if I've ever said that, but he's worked in emergency rooms often and he really enjoys that type of work. I think because it's like, you know, quick, move it, like save, save an animal's life and, you know, whatever, move on. And they said that that's not a coincidence. In his case, he's he has a draw to that because that's ultimately what he's going to be doing. So in his case, they showed that he needs to really focus on learning or practicing triage, like, and not triage in a hospital setting, but triage where, cause he has this saying that he always says, that's like, we're not prepared for that. When he was doing clinics, he would always be like, well, we're not prepared. We're not set up for that. And they told me he needs to get that idea out of his head and be set up all, all the time. So as, I don't, I'm sure I've spoken about this. He's building a sprinter van kind of, um, van lifer thing for us and they showed us in the van and in the back he's supposed to have like a whole kind of triage area for animals and the, and then I saw the animals kind of following the van and who needed help so that that kind of had me knowing that there's change coming in that time space we were no longer living in our house we were living in the van and then the sound really just struck me as something's going on there and I need to understand what it is. So then they showed me that in our houses, we have the luxury of turning a switch and having, let's say, electricity. And a light switch is on and perfect. And then when we turn the switch off, it's off. But it's not. That energy stays. The energy is in the walls and it's percolating. That percolating sound that I was hearing because on ayahuasca, your senses are so heightened. You can hear like anything in the house that, and it feels like it's right next to you. So it, they said that the energy in the walls are just percolating. And when this thing happens, and they didn't say this word, this is my translation of what I felt, but it felt like we are essentially a ticking time bomb of energy, right? So they then they showed me, you all need to understand and know how to turn off the electric, the gas, and the water to where you live. Um, again, no, I'm not, this wasn't, I didn't feel fearful. It was more of like, you need to understand how to do this because when it felt like a sinking, <laughs> it felt like things were sinking from the world. And if these valves, let's say, are not, unplugged or turned off at before it gets into your space. Like let's say in California, there's a lot of earthquakes and it's not the shifting of the the land that's the problem. It's the pipes. It's that when the pipe or when the land shifts, the pipes of gas are going to open and that's a fire. That's going to be fire. So that's one of the main things with uh, earthquakes. So they just said, 
we need to think about this. Like, and then I thought, well, I have no idea. Like right now, I have no idea where the gas, electric, and water main turnoff valves are. So it's something that I can take action on and just educate myself on. Um, and again, this was not to be fearful. This was more of be prepared. Uh, so I want to you guys to know that so that if if it ever ever comes to ever needing this information, you already know. Because <laughs> again, I don't believe that we'll be able to Google and find out how to do it. Um, okay, so then we uh, had the, the, the night, I didn't sleep at all. The next morning, we always have a ceremony circle and talk through everyone's journeys. And I remember feeling like, wow, that was just energy wise, it felt so explosive and more than I had ever been able to hold at once. Um, I woke up and right away I just started writing in my phone because I didn't know how to hold it all. And even that, I probably got maybe a quarter of what they shared. So um, I'm just, no, I'm trusting that what I did remember was the most important stuff and the rest is just in my my structure. So then the next night comes and... Um, my intention for night two was I surrender. And at that point, so you go into the next night, most likely you haven't slept now since uh, Thursday night. And you're, I think this is done for a reason because your defenses are lowering. Your your logical mind is, is softening. You, like you notice my first night's intention was very different from the second night. And I didn't, previously have a second night intention. Um, so I surrendered. I felt like I told the shaman I don't want to take the the uh, medicine before everyone else. It doesn't it's not going to help anyway. They showed me that until the room is protected and the space is fully clean, they're not coming down. So I get that and I'm cool just enjoying the music. Um so I, yeah, my intention was I surrender. So this night, I didn't go into the medicine until the absolute end of the ceremony when she, at the very end, she comes a, around with Mapacho and does blessings for each person. And that's when it kicked off. And this one was a totally different experience. <laughs> um, right away, I felt a being coming into my body. And if you guys have been on this journey with me and you go back to the episode that I did about I my first experience with ayahuasca, this wasn't the first time a being has come into my body. So I knew what was happening. Um, the first time that it happened, though, when I was in Costa Rica, there weren't really messages from them. It just felt like they were curious about this time space and were wanting to explore it and feel the density of it. And it was many. If you guys remember, it was, uh, uh, I believe, my higher self being and then also many animals. And so as this being starts coming in, I know it's my higher self because right away, the way they move my body is not natural. <laughs> and I'm there. I'm totally present. But it's like, imagine if you all of a sudden were pushed into an animal's body, you'd be like, four feet, what do I do with these feet? You know, it's like that, like they're looking at my hands, like, what are these things? And it's very stiff and very like, 
I don't, I, it's so hard to explain, but they don't know. They're just getting acclimated to the, I believe the structure of the vessel and also the density and gravity and all of it, because it feels very stiff. My posture changes, my head changes. And it's like, there's just a curiosity uh, coming through me that is not mine. Cause I've been sitting in this ceremony space many, many, many times. So as that's happening, the shaman comes over to me because she's turned on the lights and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like deep in it. Like I don't even, I, I'm in there, but I'm like kind of like tucked in a, in a cave somewhere. So I'm able to get out. There's a being inside of me, but I'm okay. <laughs> and she, she said, are you okay? I said, yes, it's, it's happened before. So I know what's happening. I'm okay. And then um, everybody kind of lays down to go to sleep and she turned off the lights again and I asked, can I lay down? And they were like, no. Well, actually, so I'm there, but I am not in control. So I had the thought of, I can I pull out my bed? And they were like, no. So we s- still sitting there on the, on the, the pillow. And the first thing that happened is... They opened up my mouth, and as I opened my mouth, I got all of a sudden these tiny air bubbles came popping out of my throat, and it was just like pop, 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 pop. And I look around, and I'm like, "Is everyone hearing what's happening here?" Like it was a, I felt it like rising from my throat bubbles, and then they would pop out into my open mouth, and I asked what's happening. And then I was shown that it was, it's a calibration. We're, we're tuning up your body. But mind you, even though I'm there, I'm not, I'm not able to have control over the vessel at all. Like the, the, my higher self came in and she's doing the movements of where I need to be positioning me so that this work can be done. But I'm sitting like cross-legged sitting And that goes on for maybe five minutes. And then the next thing was my eyes. And, (laughs) you know, you, you, you pretty much know what your body is capable of, (laughs) I think. But all of a sudden, my eyes started blinking, like, uh, I don't even know, like a 100 times a second, like it was like, like I could, and my, well, my eyeballs went up into my head. And then the the eyelids started like so as the eyelids are going like I'm like what is going on because I can I'm there and I can I can have these still conversations and they just said we're fixing your eyesight you're getting an upgrade you're just being calibrated just relax just breathe just breathe and this goes on the the blinking this was going on for again minutes and then it would stop and put my head forward and open my eyes and as i told you i'm already able to see the energy from the ikaros and it's very patterned like and it's kind of like dancing and but once the music stops these patterns are still there but they're f- kind of frozen but they are all in um neon colors and all of a sudden all these eyes open up and they're all just watching me and i'm and i'm looking and they then my hand raises and it goes out to them like um you know straight in front of me and 
I feel all of their energy come through my arm space and into my body. And, and they're saying, we're helping you through this. We're all here to help this calibration happen. And then I ask, like, what is happening? <laughs> they said, "There's it's a collapsing of dimensions. And I said, oh, do you mean like timelines? Because I had just done an episode about that, right? So I knew wh what this means. And they said, no. It's a collapsing of all of yourselves in the different dimensions into this vessel. And again, I'm just repeating what was said. I don't know really what that means. Um, but I'm just, you know, I, I'm, I'm allowing it. I'm moving forward. So then the eyes. And then the next thing was my ear. And oh, I forgot to mention the ear had filled with water Um I, before I, I started journeying, I had keep hearing like a popping sound in my ear during ceremony. So I knew there was something going on with my ear. But now the ear itself started to just pop, 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 just this side, just my right side. Um, And, and it's weird because when they turned my ear, I was like this and like and it was, it was like surgery, like it, not that they were hard with me, but it was very much like holding me in a certain position as they worked on each part. So then it was the ear and the pop, 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 pop in the ear. And then I went, I remember my head going downward and looking at my heart space and just knowing I need to lay down. I need to, but I can't lay down, down and I can't move. So I, they just kind of ease me back. And I, I don't know how, but all of a sudden I'm looking at the ceiling and I feel like I'm on a table and there's something opening up in my heart space. And again, they just said, just breathe, just breathe it down, just breathe. So even though this kind of surgery is going on, they're also talking to my human self and and helping me understand and and be okay with what's happening. And then they sit me back up. <laughs> and then they went into my nose and then the nose was like opening like the nostrils like opening up and closing and opening up and closing. <laughs> and I just kept saying like are, like are we what's going on is am I okay like they just said that <sighs> I just need to breathe. So hold on. <laughs> they said that I'm going to be experiencing life differently now and that this calibration was needed because it's time for this change. And, you know, me as a human feels like it's that's just so big and so unknown that I don't even know what that even really means in terms of this life. Right. So I just am, am not having questions, but just um, just feeling it. And, and, and then that work continued on for about two hours total. And eventually I said, can I lay down yet? Because at that point I'm getting tired. And they said, no, you're still connected. And meaning that my higher self was still like orchestrating this process. And by the way, she did do the hand signal again. She was like loud and proud again with her hand signal. Um, but I just, I just, at that point I was so tired. I think I just let go and stopped asking questions and I just let them do what they wanted to do. Um, and then eventually they said we're, we're complete. And I felt her, it's so, it came in through my left side 
and it left through the left side. And then I felt the the posture, the movements, I was back in control of moving my own hands and my own body. So I was able to crawl in, onto my side and pull out my mattress and lay down. But I still couldn't sleep the entire night. And so I continued to ask questions about things that were going on um, in my life. And <sighs> so... <laughs> I wasn't planning to share this whole experience, but since that night, my life has been totally different and I want to share that. So that night would have been Sunday Sunday morning that all of that happened, you know, the early hours of the morning. And my birthday was on that day. And I didn't sleep again. So now I hadn't slept for three nights and... I had a birthday dinner planned with my family and a couple friends and, um, you know, I, whatever, I went to that and everything seemed fine. I seemed fine. I was tired, but I also felt like, oh, I'm excited. You know, we're going to Mexican food, which is my favorite. And I, I was, you know, f- totally good. And then we have dinner. I don't drink anymore, so I don't, you know, whatever. I had a juice and so it wasn't alcohol in my system, but all of a sudden, <laughs> the waitress comes with a, a bowl of ice cream and a candle and puts it in front of me. And they're singing. And I'm kind of observing this from my body, but also from the outside of my body. And I had a guess, an expectation that my mom was supposed to bring a cake. And now this comes from, first of all, I'm a very much a sweet tooth person, but also I had, when you go into ayahuasca, you have a dieta and you don't have sugar or many, many things for at least a week going into this ceremony. So I don't know, for some reason, I had an expectation of a cake and I don't like ice cream, vanilla ice cream. So I remember just being so deflated, but where a normal person would be able to just roll with the punches, right? I started bawling right there as they're singing to me. I just start crying and crying and crying. And like, I can't stop it. I'm like kind of laughing because I'm looking at myself like, why are you crying? But also I can't control it. So in the moment I'm thinking, I just must be tired. I don't know what's happening. Um. And I remember being so angry with my mom because I knew that day Richard was working up in LA and I knew he had to drive right after work. He just met us at the restaurant. So I knew he wasn't able to get a cake. So I had put this expectation that my mom was supposed to get it and she failed me. And and I thought back to my whole life and had she ever forgotten my birthday? I mean, she came with a beautiful gift. Like (laughs) she didn't forget my birthday. But I had like such a wound in there that just wanted to be expressed. And I and I cannot think for the life of me that she ever once in my life has forgotten my birthday. But there was like such a deep sadness that came over me. And I remember being, I even think I said to her, I will never forget this. Just hateful things, like the hatefulness that was coming out of me was like intense. And Richard's just like, what is going on? Because I'm not dramatic at all. I don't, I mean, especially in public at a restaurant. I mean, I cry to you guys because I'm talking about some pretty deep things, but no, in these kind of situations, that's not me. 
So I also felt like everyone's staring at me and that amplified the the feelings, right? So Richard, I said to Richard, we, when we got home, we are never celebrating my birthday again. I never want to feel that expectation and then not ha- like be such so let down. And I never want to go through that again. He's like, just, just sleep on it. Let's that's, that's a little dramatic. Just sleep on it. <laughs> so then the next morning I woke up realizing like, holy crap, like what was going on in my body? Um, So I texted my mom and I apologize. And I was like, I don't know. I really don't know what happened because I don't even care about a cake. Like, I don't know what that was. So she's like, let's meet for lunch and I'll get you a cake. (laughs) So we ended up meeting for lunch. And I, I, so that ended up thankfully running its course pretty quickly. But what I'm finding is all of a sudden I'm in this body and it feels too big. And I. this is how I'm, I've been trying to think about this all day, how to describe this. But where a week ago, I almost felt like I was outgrowing the vessel, meaning like I knew how to read the energies. I knew what, what each thing meant. If I didn't know an answer, then I would say, I don't know. And I would, you know, meditate on it or I would go deeper into it. But I knew how to work with my constraints, let's say, or with my tools. And all of a sudden now I feel like I am just in the the toe space of this vessel and I don't know. I don't know the tools. I No, I'm not going to say I don't know the tools because they, you don't lose the tools, but I don't know who I am or I don't know. I don't know what's expressing through me at all times anymore. So that ne- so then the next day would have been Monday and I had we had the energy tribe chats and I knew going into that which was remember if I we go back to the beginning of what was coming up for me before this ayahuasca experience was I knew there was an energy leak. So I knew I was going to have to deal with it and me a week ago was terrified to deal with it. That's why I brought it to ceremony. And I had a long talk with the shaman about it because I really shy away from having that authority or holding that space as, of authority. I love the the idea of it being a circle of energy. So I knew I was going to have to step up into that masculine part of myself, which felt really unfamiliar. And and I was scared and I I knew it had to be done. So this brings me to the energy tribe. I have given, I feel, every part of myself to every part of you and have done so with so much love and for me feels grace and without expectation. And a friend of mine that's in the group reminded me that when this group was created, I didn't know the purpose. And I, I said, I don't know. I'm just being called to create an, an energy group for uh, that's free. That's all I knew. Well, now that it's growing, it's changing, you know, and that's great. And I think the energy is supposed to change. And what I'm realizing is that we're all at different parts of the journey which means you, not everyone is at the center of that heart space and able to radiate out or hold their own light. 
And when you have outside influences coming in and needing help or needing help through the process of the case that came up is there was a shooting last week and that was brought into the group. And I ended up actually closing down the group. I pulled out of the group and for the first time could not interact with these women anymore. And that's what I knew there's something going on and I need to look at it. Is it me? Am I just, am I not able to hold the energy? Why do I feel like there's a leak there? And basically I, in ceremony was told I need to create a purpose. What is the purpose of this group? Now me a week ago would have been like, it's all love. Like everybody, I want everybody to take a a leadership role. And I, I, definitely still feel that. And I feel that each of us need to hold the space and know what that feels like. But I can also realize that there's a reason that this, this vibration is coming through me, and I need to be okay to lead it when it needs those guardrails. So the conversation was all around, what are we letting in? Is this group ready to hold the vibration of the world, the lesser densities, the the processes for people that are really stuck in 3D. And no, we're not. Me alone, this is, okay, so what I'm realizing is happening is that I have been put back to my original awakening, meaning I this process for me was a rebirth and I am literally back to the space of how can I be around people and not lose myself? But instead of it just being me with another, it's now me with energy, with the group of energy that's not even in my physical space. How do I hold everyone? But it's, again, going back to the <laughs> realizing all the things, like I'm sensitive, I'm an empath, I see energy, I feel energy, I work with energy, and I know energy. So if I know all those things and I see something, I have to say it, and I have to hold space for it. And I'm learning boundaries with people, and and that is a sad, both very sad, because up until this point, I just have felt like I just give. And this masculine part of myself is very clear, no more. You are going to hold a boundary here. And I had to do that with people that I love, you know, and that is... um, Again, I feel like I am not growing, I'm not, this vessel's bigger than my consciousness right now. So I think that when, I've spoken about this too, we go around in a circle and that circle is just a death and rebirth process. So what I would equate this to right now for me is a dark night because it's relearning myself, but again, through the lens of many instead of just dealing with my one-on-one process with myself, it's expanded to how do I hold myself in a, in a energy that is of a group energy? And man, I, after that conversation, have gone through every emotion, every up and down, and I have played the victim, I have played the martyr, I have played the perpetrator, I have done it all. And what is that showing me is that this, I don't know anymore. I'm back to the space of having to relearn my tools, which thankfully this time around I have tools, but understanding it from a different lens. 
And I'm sharing this because I think we have talked about this before is that that dark night just it's not just once it's going to keep coming around. And I knew a death was coming, but I didn't know what it was going to feel like. And this feels like the dark night again. I feel very isolated. I feel like I don't know if I can trust people. I don't know if I trust people's energies. And this is even people that are very close to me in this energy space. I don't feel safe around their energy. Now, this actually, this kind of analogy came up um, today in that I feel totally strong in my own energy that I can get the vaccine and nothing is going to happen to me. Nothing is going to shake me from my center. But then when I have to hold space for others, where's my center? Am I, am I bleeding? Am I giving too much? Am I, and that's kind of like the bigger picture. Have I been giving too much? And I know the answer is yes, but I don't know how not to do that. I want to help and I want to give. And it's realizing that boundary where the giving is overtaking my, my vessel. And especially when it's not understood, you know, so God, (laughs) I am sharing this so that you guys understand. I don't know. Again, I'm at this place where who knows where it goes from here. I'm just learning how to exist in this new calibrated being. But I understand now that why they were saying the dimensions were collapsing is no longer am I going to be playing in the, the giving role. consistently without asking for that to meet me back. And I'm not saying um, in terms of money. I'm saying if I'm putting out a vibration, you need to meet me there. And that's a lot. That's a lot to ask for anyone. You know, I see that. But I cannot keep giving and leaking these energies to people. So... That is what's going on with me. I am at a rebirth of everything. I don't know where I go from here and I'm here for it. You know, I am going to try to share the the, <laughs> the growth that I'm going through because I, um, I spoke with someone today, one of you, and you said something like you're just at the beginning part of your journey. And I said, so am I. I'm literally at the beginning part of the journey again. And it feels like learning myself all over again. And I know that that's why we're here, to have the death and the rebirth so that we don't get too comfortable or or set in our ways. Like me a week ago was like, "Mm, something doesn't feel right here. I'm going to tune into it and figure it out. Uh, Now I feel like, oh, oh, I don't feel comfortable here. I don't feel like I belong here. I don't feel I can even handle my own vessel. So it's a lot, you know, and I do think we're here to, to be birthed through these things and to know that we will come out the other side better because I wouldn't be in this now situation if it wasn't planned. Like they actually showed me this has been planned my whole life, this rebirth. And they showed me that every single person that was in the room was meant to be there. And there was one person that was missing, but that her energy was still in the space, but that her vessel was still 
she was going through her own process and wasn't ready to physically be there. But I, it looked like even having my shaman five minutes from me was planned. She's, they show me she's my workshop. She's where I workshop everything until I don't, you know, who knows how long that will be. But until I'm, I go through these deaths and rebirths, I have that support because it's needed. And I, I need that. Like, I know I cannot do this alone. And I, I know I don't feel like I'm doing it alone, but sometimes when there's a, a bumper that needs to be put in place, I'm hoping that you guys understand I'm not, it's not my coming from my ego because my ego is long gone. I don't have, I don't want to be in this position. I never asked for this position. I am holding space so that other like-minded individuals have a community and that is it. But if I see something mischievous going on, and what I mean by that is that these denser energies were literally pulling, not just from the rest of the group that aren't centered, but from me. When I sent energy to this particular thing, it sucked it dry. And I knew from that second on, something's wrong here. So I shut the whole thing down for me. Now, that maybe is a curse that I see energy, that I feel energy, that I work with it. But it's also like no one's going to tell me otherwise. So in the case of the group, now I'm very going to be very clear on if there is a leak, I'm not, I want to hold the space for each other. This is supposed to be a space of light for each other and building each other up. Until that happens and each person is solid in their center, why are we giving energy to, to denser processes? Everyone is exactly where they are and going through exactly the process that they are because that is their karma. And that is what I, I've been shown. I've been experiencing it and, and I need to hold that truth for everyone. And if that doesn't resonate with you, I have already said, please feel free to create something else because I welcome that. And I, I, I want us all to have something to create through your own vibration I, I hold space for all of it, but I know that I'm here for light and I'm going to hold that vibration. So I hope that all of this is helpful for you and being true to your conviction about what you know and never swaying and don't let other people change you from what you know as your vibration. I can see how when I get triggered by others, there's also a lesson for it in me too. And I need to look at are there shadows here? Are there, is there an ego, you know, interfering here? But when it's a download and it doesn't come from me, I'm I'm believing it because it's always light. There is never uh, any kind of lower, I guess I, I would say it as it's never a lower vibration. It's never something that sways me from truth. And truth is that we're here to protect each other and raise each other up. That is the biggest process that we all have to go through. We all have to learn to hold the light inside before you can affect anyone else's process. If you're sending someone light from a depleted place, you're doing nothing. You're not God. I'm not God. Why would you get involved? Let it be. And that's the biggest lesson that I have learned this week. So ugh, it's a lot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And I thank you guys all for being on this journey with me and uh, allowing the process to be what it is and to understanding that the deeper you get into this path, 
you're going to have a de another death because everything you thought was one thing changes and, and another part of you is ready to be reborn or elevated or um, ascended. And that for me this weekend was that there was an ascension in this body. And I'm just now learning and going to be learning how to navigate it.